Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. Uh, I'm joined by Sam as always. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so yes, we've got quite a lot to talk about um, this time. That we've had winning streaks, losing streaks, managers getting fired. Um, what else has happened? Sometimes both of those are linked to well, one a losing streak and then one provoked a winning streak. Curiously. Huh? What, how do you mean? Well, as in Joe Madden got fired because they were losing all of the games. Yeah. And Joe Girardi got fired and then they won loads of games in Philadelphia. Oh, really? Yeah, that, they won nine in a row, I think it was. Okay, I didn't even realise the Phillies had done that. Well, the thing is, because it's the Phillies and they're so bad to start with, they're still only 500. So yeah, that's why I might have okay. not noticed. Wow, they must have been really bad then. God, they were, they were yeah, well, they were, weren't they? Yeah, that, oh, I guess that's how you dear. get fired, isn't it, really? Oh, dear. Although, I don't know, that, that, was, that was a while ago, that wasn't it, that firing. Um, but we still haven't done a podcast since then. Um, I don't know. The most was... important thing that's happened since our last podcast is Joe Madden's mohawk. Oh yeah, that he didn't actually. That he got he got fired before. Before he got a mohawk as a motivational technique, and then got fired. I can only assume that he got fired with a mohawk, but didn't get to show the players. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is just one of the funniest things that's really like, ever happened in sport. Oh, it's quite and sad, stupidest. When you think about it, and stupidest, yeah. This, this, this feels quite sad. Yeah, I sort of feel bad for him, and then also it's just so funny. I, I kind of don't. It's a difficult one. Oh, I mean, yeah, they they were actually flying when they, there's a weird one that firing because, I mean, they were. It was a terrible losing streak, but they were completely flying. Like I think maybe more than anyone expected, really. Um, even though they do have the two best players in baseball, but they, they've had Mike Trout for his whole career and basically never been good. So it's like, well, why would they be good now? Um, but it seemed like they were actually going to make the playoffs, didn't it? It was like, well, they're, they're actually going to make the playoffs. Maybe this is it. Maybe Mike Trout is finally Mike Trout's moment <laughs> on the big stage. Um, and then when they got fired, they'd lost 12 in a row. Um, and I think I, I was just saying for the podcast, it would be nice to have some more stats. And um, there's a stat I'm going to steal that I think I was from Mike Petro's podcast the other day. I think it's 12 wins. I uh, know 12 losses in a row. Uh, the only three teams have ever lost 12 games in a row and made the playoffs in the history of baseball. Well, that's, I think that's since the American League started in 1901 or something. Um, the thing is, even with the expanded playoffs, because of how strong the East is, they're really like up against it. The, the, do you mean the... No, I mean the East. As in, like the, because there's, there's so much depth in the East for the wildcard spots. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to win the West. They were, no. like, even with how well they were playing before, they weren't ahead of the Astros. 
No. Um, and now um, they've lost all of the and, games. They're nine yeah, or five back. It's basically is a, is a very special. I mean, one of those three teams to lose twelve in a row and win the, uh, not win to make the playoffs. Were the Dodgers from a couple of years ago? Do you remember that? Oh uh, they, yeah. They won one hundred and four games, but at some point, like I think the second half of the season, they just like. I guess maybe they just stopped trying. I mean, they'd already tied it all up by like the middle of the season. It's amazing that though, isn't it? So they lost what? They lost 58 games and 12 of them were in a row. That's so stupid. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Because well, last time we spoke about the Angels, I think it was last time, um, we basically were looking at particularly their rotation and it, we were a little bit lost as well because of the um, how low offense was, which has now started coming back, which maybe is a, something to talk about later. Um but they're already down to like league average in ex woba from their pitchers. And I remember before, as we said, well, look, their pitchers' numbers are good, but they're like their underlying numbers are also pretty good. I think it was maybe like they've they've been a bit lucky, but not massively lucky. And now yeah. it's also they're they're already down to around league average by that, which is partly because their pitchers have been really really bad for a while. Yeah. I think. I think like Syndergaard had like started well, hadn't he? And maybe yeah, they've not had good starts recently. It's been pretty terrible. Um, yeah, and I just it really sucks because I like you're kind of in the position now where like the postseason stuff's basically gone. Yeah, and well, that's the reason he got fired. Really, is it is when you lose that many games in a row, it's it's very hard to make the postseason. Um, and it's also it's just weird, isn't it? From when they they were actually doing well, and they just and I mean it. God, so I'm looking for the teams they lost against. I mean, to be fair, they were actually some good teams. Well, we spoke about this as well. I think they had a difficult part of their schedule coming up, and yeah, but, they, I mean, we didn't think it would be that bad. No, I mean the so the first loss of that streak was the Rangers, which was the end of a series. Actually, it was a two-game series. They split the series against Texas, sure, whatever. Then they got swept by the Blue Jays and then swept by the Yankees. And then that that makes up quite a lot of the losing streak. And then when it gets really bad, I think it was around when Girardi got fired, was the um, they got swept by the Phillies and gave up a lot of runs to them. Well, they faced the Phillies at like the worst time, didn't they? An absolute yeah. classic of the genre of don't care about a team's record when you face them, is how, what has just happened with them. In some cases, like yesterday, what happened with them, but definitely like the last week or two. And the yeah. Phillies are an example of that. Um, at the same time, the changing of manager stuff, there's been a lot of like bluster about that, I think, with both of these teams. Particularly with the Phillies, they change managers and they start winning. Um, they've sort of got like a new manager bounce like you get in the Premier League. Um, I don't think it matters that much. Um I think quantifying management in baseball is really, really hard. Yeah. And arguably impossible. I think um, I think the 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 main thing with a manager I mean I mean particularly like these days and how like successful teams have been successful, it's basically been through like the front office philosophy. I think really the manager Having a good manager is basically someone that is just an extension of the front office. Yeah, don't screw up what the front office are doing. Is yeah, basically and, the key. and basically does the same kind of things. Like, you know, like the front office decides 
oh yeah, we're going to, you know, they 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 want to get loads of splitty guys, and we're going to be like substituting people in and out all the time. You know, managers on board with that is going to do that. Or if you go down a different route, someone that's basically someone that's on the same page as the front office is like the main criteria for a good manager, I think. Um, and interestingly for the Angels, something that I didn't actually realise until the other day was um. So they their front office changed. Yeah. Um, so it was actually it wasn't the guy that hired Jim Adam. Um, that was like head of baseball operations or whatever it was, whoever it was decides who the manager is. So it's it almost like in that sense for the Angels, it was um, even though it's a terrible losing streak and everything. I don't know whether I would have necessarily said they were going to make the playoffs at the start of the year anyway. Um, but when you, it is it was like a good excuse as well that you can then fire Joe Madden. He he wasn't your if he wasn't your pick. Yeah, well, we know that any front office change means the guys below you are in trouble. Um, I think on the the fit of managers, um, so I don't really buy into. I I still think the Phillies are as flawed as as we thought they were at the start of the season. Obviously, um, but so some of the criticism Joe Girardi was getting was he made some like curious substitutions, didn't he? Um, and where like he'd end up with Roman Quinn hitting in a clutch spot at the end of the game, but it's because he'd brought Quinn in for defense. And he said, well, that's sort of going against the front office. But it's also just because they'd given him such a terrible defensive roster. He yeah, was having to do weird stuff. Yeah, because then you, you end up with, yeah, what well, you've got a lead, and then it's like a small lead. It's like it's actually quite likely that your outfit is going to drop the ball. Yeah, yeah and then they as a team had a real chasm between um, the quality of contact they were giving up and like the runs they were allowing. And obviously they were not ranking well defensively, etc. in various ways, all made worse by the fact that Harper got hurt and was having to DH. He's not a great defender, but they basically had signed two DHs in Castellanos and Schwarber and then didn't have a DH spot, um, which you could say is bad luck. Also don't sign two DHs. But like with that is so a lot of the criticism he was getting was based on the roster he was given, and like the pitchers oh, yeah. were not getting the results they deserved from how they were pitching, because they'd just given him this roster that yeah, like I mean, had I fundamental think, issues. Isn't that a, yeah? Like I think isn't uh, like in the metrics of um, like the defense behind certain pitches. I think Carl Gibson is like really bad or has been most of the year. Nola's been screwed by it a lot as well. I, I, and he was last year too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't look the other whole day, rotation, the their ERA is higher than their fit. So like, that kind of tells you something. Yeah, I'm just going to double check this because I had a look at this uh, Aaron Nola's stuff the other day. And I think he was like, I think it was like comfortably over a run between ERA and expected ERA. And that's basically just like he's getting the right contact a lot of the time and then just not converting into outs. Yeah. Well, the gap's closed a bit. Uh, it's, but it's, he's got an expected ERA of 2.78, which, oh my God, he's done an amazing year. But it's actually ERA is 3.42. Last year, the gap was uh, almost 1.3 runs between his expected and his actually ERA. Quite in which direction? In the bad in the bad direction, whereas ERA is worse. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's even so he's been screwed. Kind of. 
not good. Yeah, so I mean, that was kind of, I mean, I, I don't know how much a manager can really do about when a team just starts losing and crumbling like that. Like we said, that was a really rough part of the schedule as well. Yeah, I, I think as well, I mean, maybe the role of the manager is like, like team morale and stuff as much as anything in baseball, I think. It's like there, there are obviously, you know, the clubhouse gets gets in a good mood and that when you're rolling on a streak, it's a lot easier, I guess, than when you're down. Um, but also those kind of mistakes, like losing games by defensive errors and like terrible ones, I think have to be like the worst thing Um for like for the clubhouse atmosphere and everything and bullpen blow-ups yeah the, the fair few bullpen things known i mean uh, the phillies obviously always just have bullpen issues but then they've had it since because they we spoke about before they built bullpens are volatile and they seem to just get all of the most volatile pitchers in the league and put them in their bullpen like canebel's now been taken away from the closing role um but we got like there's there's an element of unpredictability with any relief group and it feels like they basically like have the biggest range of outcomes with their relievers and I think the Angels had some bullpen issues as well didn't they and that yeah that collapse I think that usually that when you're losing strike that that's kind of the way it's got to go isn't it because sometimes you are gonna you are gonna be in the lead like in the middle of the game just by chance sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, we touched on it before we started recording with the Braves. Is basically like to win as many in a row as the Braves have, or to lose as many in a row as the Angels have. Kind of everything has to go wrong. You have to like find every way to win and to lose games for that to happen. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's not particularly like deep analysis. I appreciate, but it's like you you're not meant to lose fourteen baseball games in a row. There's too much luck in it the worst teams in a baseball season will still win like what like 35 percent of games basically yeah and, and like you say depending on the time you play teams and stuff as well a lot of the time it's kind of you're playing i feel like you're playing a team that's um going to be better than that number or worse than that number that you end with um so i think i think as well stuff has to go your way in terms of playing bad teams and at the right time um, to get that sort of streak going, usually. Like, I've just looked at the... Um, so I look at the uh, the Braves streak. And yeah, so it started off with a win against Arizona, which actually was to, to stop getting swept. Yeah. Run the sweep. Um, so that's not great. But then they swept the Rockies, who, as we know, I mean, they started really well. They have now, they've not been good recently at all. Um, actually, since they played the Giants, isn't it, basically? They played the Giants a couple of times and they really beat them. They melted. And, they, yeah, they've just not been good since then. And then the A's, who, as we know, just kind of gave away all their good players and are not really trying to win at the moment. Um, and then they swept the Pirates, who, I mean... Does that even count? Do they count as wins if they're against the Pirates? 
I don't know. Is that real? And then they're playing the Nationals. And like... their last two wins up to now. I mean, this this is still an ongoing streak as well, this one. The last two have been wins against the Nationals. So, yeah, it's like... Then they've not beaten any good teams. And to be honest, they're not even like average teams, are they? They're all like terrible, terrible teams at the moment. Yeah, the other thing with the Braves that's interesting is if we want to get into the morale stuff, is they did this last year, didn't they? They they did not start that well, and then they got hot yeah. and, and rolled. Um, plus, the weird thing with them, so we spoke, I think we spoke about Kyle Wright before, who after like just this happens doesn't it sometimes he's he's tweaked his pitch mix and he's throwing a little bit harder and he now suddenly is the guy that people thought he was going to be when he's a prospect he had this breakout year and then you put that next to freed and it was oh wow that's that's something and then there was also anderson and morton but anderson and morton particularly did not start the year very well and so there was this like because while we were just saying like there's a there's obviously good fortune in such a long winning streak one way you can have it and it's not such good fortune is just like if your starters get rolling yeah and they start pitching like six plus innings and barely giving up any runs i mean that's what the giants did last year really, isn't it is they just just all of their stars were just good like all year yeah and i mean so, so this winning streak runs aloud zero six one two seven two two one two four three five four i know yes yeah. it helps they're against some of the worst offenses in the league but like, that's yeah, a lot that, of ones and twos in there, which are like most of the time that's going to be a win. Yeah, and they've had to. They've, the offense hasn't exactly been blowing people up. There's a four-two, a three-one, a three-two, a three-one. Like this is often when you get a really long streak. Like, well, you need good pitching, obviously, because you can't win them all nine-eight. But there was like kind of the the uh, the core of what you could see a team really getting going with this. Braves roster, I think, particularly with Wright pitching as he has done this year, was like, well, we know that Morton, Anderson, and Freed is like a pretty good front three, and they've, now if they've got this fourth guy, trouble basically, and that's what's happening. And it's yeah. like, we're going to have a race in the NL East, which didn't look like it, but they are they are like breathe the Mets, despite not having what like eight billion dollars worth of pitcher has not been pitching them. I, I, it's amazing the Mets really forty-one and twenty-two. Scherzer and Degrom have combined for eight starts so far this year. Yeah, that is kind of scary, isn't it? For any anyone else, I mean, any other teams, um, that they've got those guys to come back still. And um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, they they've not been as good recently, have they? Since start of June, even like the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, they're, they're still their record in that time period is still probably pretty good. Um, I mean, they've lost five games in the last two weeks. That seems, by their standards this season, that seems bad. <laughs> but it's not actually is it at all. Well, Lindor's hit a bit of a slump again after starting the year well, hasn't he? Um, and I think there's a bit with this Mets team as well. So they got a really good outing from Bassett. I think it was a day or two ago. But um, Walker has like completely changed who he is as a pitcher. And last time I looked, he's like one of these guys that's the opposite of Nola, where he's riding luck in quite a yeah. I mean, quite he's a big got way. six Ks per nine. Yeah, year, he, he was is, he was not that guy. Is he's he? Low, that is low. 
Yeah. Um, well, he's got six Ks per nine, and his expected ERA is 3.94. That's better than it was right. recently. Six Ks per nine, also 2.7 walks per nine, which isn't particularly low. It's not like he's like super high command. Low he's just game. above average by walk rate, obviously way below average by strikeout rate. Um, and he's 26 percentile in hard hit rate. It's like, well, that's that's not a good formula, is it? That's like everyone's hitting the ball. You're walking some people, and then when they're hitting it, they're hitting it hard. It's like, well, so he's got a 3.08 ERA. Okay. That doesn't seem like that's going to last that long. Um, David Peterson has had a rough outing recently. There's like, it's one of those where they, obviously they need Scherzer and DeGrom back, but you feel like it's a bit of a tightrope at the moment. That's how it looks like to me. It's like, they need them back like sharpish. Is it with how the Braves have been playing? Yeah, because it, it could, it, they, they could stop lighting that rock. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> um... I think I said lighting their ruck. Yeah, could be. That might be it. Um, but anyway, if that happens, yeah, they they could you know they they could drop off quite quickly. I feel like because um, I mean the offense hasn't is not like smoking hot, is it? No. Outside um, of fact, Pete Alonso, it's like they are eleventh in team X Wober. Oh, that's one thing I was going to mention about the Braves actually about that this is like an actual rolling team now. They are um, sixth in x from their pitchers and fifth from their hitters. That's like a formula, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. What if we hit the ball hard and don't let anyone else hit the ball hard? Yeah, that's going to work. That is going to work, I think. Yes, it it should be, shouldn't it? It should, should give you a hand. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a fun... I think that's going to be a fun race, basically, the, the Annalise now. We've got something happening there. Yeah, I mean, it's still a five-game difference, even after that brave streak. Um, DeGrom isn't close, though, is he? But yeah, as we've been saying, it's like the, the Braves could keep us going. I mean, the Braves keep us going for a few more days than the... Than they're there, um, potentially. Yeah, it's like, it disappears quickly, doesn't it? Or have... Um, I don't want to dive into the NL West, but just like, a, or you have the one where you sweep your rival, like just happened with the Giants and Dodgers. The Giants were like on the cusp of being yeah. no no chance of winning the division, and then they sweep them, and suddenly they're like right in it again. Yeah. Um, they don't actually play each other for ages. Well, this is rubbish, isn't it? The Braves up next. Cubs, okay. Giants, Dodgers, Phillies. That's an interesting end to the month. They don't play the Mets until the middle of next month. Uh, the Braves. The Braves. Yeah. So they've yeah, so they've got a tougher run coming. Yeah, but it's the right way to go into a tough run, isn't it? Basically, yeah. build up every everything. Everyone. It's better than up. it's better than losing against the, the bad teams and then playing the hard teams, isn't it? Well, yeah, then their season would have been potentially over. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you say. Yeah. Let's not. Should we, let's, should we not, not dive into the West this time? Because maybe be. just um, Fernando Tatis quickly because he was. Okay on his way, basically, and they said, I can't remember exactly how they phrased it, but basically he's had a setback with his injury, um, which is obviously significant. The Padres are neck and neck with the Dodgers, remarkably. Their pitches have been incredible. Joe Musgrove will probably end up starting the All-Star game, although I think Sandy Alcantara's got a very good shout with that. Um, Mercado's having like this mega season, 
They're third worst in Team X-Woba this year. What, offensively? Yeah, which is nuts to be yeah. top, tied for the top of the division with that. Yeah, it's not an easy division either. Here's all their pitching, isn't it? Yeah. Their pitch, again, it's like, they've got, a, like, they've, I mean, Joe Musgrove's numbers are silly. Gore's numbers are pretty silly as well. And the rest of them, it's just like, are they just solid, basically? Just kind of keeping them close enough, so you just, you can, you can you know, you're not going to, they've basically not had a losing streak at any point. Um, and won lots of close games, actually. If you look at their their yeah. results thing on on Baseball Reference, there's lots of small green bars. Yeah. There's I a mean, few. They, they the the offense has been a bit damaged they, lately, but they had a lot. That was early May, where they lost a couple heavily, and then in between those, just one loads by one run. And if those like a few of those went the other way, that would have been a really bad match. Yeah, and I, mean, I guess some of that is just how baseball is, and then some of it is just timing of of when a reliever gives up their their yeah. like token home run that they give up, or that they get babipped for an evening. Um, Hosmer has come back down to earth. No one could have seen that coming. Um, the yeah, it's it's kind of amazing that they are where they are. But I'm not really into X team needs player back in baseball so much, despite having just said it with. Well, they need DeGrom and Scherzer back. Um, but particularly with an offense, because like one player doesn't really do that much. But Tatis's like, level he's been at when he's been healthy is so high, they could really do with him back. <laughs> like, that's yeah. going to make an enormous difference to I mean, Kim, an offense that it feels like is just... Yeah. At the moment, 640 OPS. You like change that. Like, add an extra 300 points to that OPS, potentially. Might be for more, might be 350 points, That's yeah. Back. Um, but yeah, didn't you say he's had a setback? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was I was waffling on about a minute ago. I can't remember exactly what they said. Um, it was it was basically that they were expecting it to have recovered. Still not swinging back. Okay, so it sounds like he's not that close then. Yeah, that's there's no timetable on his return, which basically means he's nowhere near because he's going to need a rehab and stuff as well. So, like, I mean, that sort of setback stuff when you're in mid-June starts to get a bit, a bit worrying, doesn't it? Because that quite quickly becomes like he's yeah. not playing until after the All Star break or something. Um, and then, and then it's, I mean, as. As we've seen a lot of times, I think, by, you know, well, particularly Giants, as we've always followed them closely, but other players as well, you do see sometimes that these like players come back from injury middle or like second half of the season and it's like, oh yeah, they just they just never get going. Yeah. There's sort of not like, enough time to get in rhythm is what it seems yeah, to be. And he and then he's just kind of a not a factor for your team that season. Yeah, yeah. so that's a bit of a shame. I mean he's entertaining and they, they yeah. clearly need him back. Um, but yeah, I let's, mean, let's yeah. not do loads on the NL West because, you know, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, well, next time, we'll, we'll allow ourselves. I would like to touch on the White Sox, though, because Tony La Russa has again been making um, just a, a bit of a fool out of himself, really, um, with that curious walking Trey Turner on a 1-2 count. 
and then he immediately yeah. got batted in. Um, and they're below 500. Yeah. They are I mean, in the is... easiest division in the sport, I think, probably. Um, and that's really, really bad. That's basically what I've got on that. That's, that is awful. Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, I feel almost feel like he he kind of deserves to be fired as much as the other guys. Well, yeah, because there's not been a dramatic... Is actually good, isn't it? That roster's meant to be good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Liam, and... well, Liam Andrews on the IL, actually, at the moment, but... And Lance Lynn's only just come back, and there when was that slightly pitched, weird his... thing in the, in the dugout with him. His numbers are, like, as good as they've been, ever been. You know, still got that. And they've had Kopech actually break out this year. Like, finally. Yeah. And, and mean, Cease has been good. So it's kind of like you look at this, like these, they've got all these pieces that have come through. And Shimmying Johnny Cueto has been pretty good for them as well, actually. I've seen yeah, a bit they, of that. It's pretty cool. But they've. I mean, I guess they are like, then you look at, they've got Dallas Keuchel. Well, they don't anymore. They got they DFA'd him, but they did have Dallas Keuchel losing they, they in the game. Him. Um, and Vince Velasquez, who is, yeah, just he's just not good, is he? Really? Um, Dallas Keuchel, one of these like really, basically was always on the edge of his stuff not being good enough. Yeah. And then when it stops being good enough, it gets really, really ugly very, very fast because it's like, just, just not yeah. up to it. Not, not even close. Like, can't get anything by anyone ever. Yeah. The offense is not pretty though. Like, I mean, Eloy. Only having 39 play appearances isn't ideal, obviously, because he's hurt. Uh, Moncada is having a historic... He does weird stuff, Moncada, doesn't he? Like, he had that season where he... Did he break the strikeout record? He was just striking out like, every single play appearance for a while. Um, then he was good, and now he's got a 420 OPS in 106 play appearances. I mean, that's bad. Um, but I don't... Grandal is not... And he's also... Yeah, he's hurt now. But, yeah, I mean, he's, I know he's not winning. I mean, I... He was like, I, in fantasy baseball, I spent way too much on him. And I thought, oh, well, at least he'll be a good catcher, good for a catcher, maybe. Um, and he hasn't been. No, all. and then the curious, I say curious, the ridiculous, trade Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell and then trade him for AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock is not much anymore. He's a below average hitter and on a corner. Um it's a weird one, because like you said, the roster should be better than it is. But there's also, just sometimes organisations get like this, don't they? Where, like, stuff goes wrong. They've clearly had a bit of injury misfortune, but so has everyone. Like, Walker Bueller is basically out indefinitely. Lowe just with the Mets. Arguably the two best pitchers in the sport have barely pitched for them, and they're still winning games. There's just, like, teams... I don't really buy into like finding a way to win stuff in baseball because it's not that. It's like there's a, but there's a team wide sort of like underachievement issue. I think with some of this stuff, we talk about managers being extension of the front office. I mean, I, mean, I don't know a lot about the White Sox front office to be honest. Um, but maybe the fact they hired Tony LaRusso, maybe that does tell us something about their front office. Well, yeah, I think well. it does. And you and you look at like well teams that are successful, obviously you have the core of guys and stuff you've brought through or like big free agent signings, 
But then there are also some guys in there that are in the lineup and like productive players are in the rotation. They're productive and they've like managed to get from somewhere. And they weren't up like a super high prospect. And they managed to develop them and bring them through. And they and maybe they don't hang around like as a productive player for like many years, but like a year or two they're around and they're good. You know what I mean? Like good teams have those sorts of players. And looking down here, I just don't think I can... I, there well, just isn't anyone like that on this roster. Well, Lurie Garcia is meant to be one of their, like, guys, as in just a kind of... Someone fits in. They gave him three years and over 16 million this offseason, which seemed mental when they did it. He's got a 38 OPS plus so far this year, yeah, which sounds right. bad. He's only a 78 OPS guy for his career. Yeah, OPS that's what players. I was just looking at. Yeah, so he's... They gave him that contract, and he, he wasn't one of those guys who is... who hangs around and is good, really. I mean, he was above average in the short in 2020 season. Well, and he only played 16 career. games. He played 16 games in that year, so that doesn't really count. Okay, yeah, I, I, I missed that. Last Every other year, year he's been below average. Apart from he plays loads of positions, but I mean... Well, no one cares about that anymore because everyone just gets put in like random positions, don't they? And that's the thing. I, it feels this like we're just going to have loads of prospects come through and then they sort of like throw in veterans almost at random. Like the AJ Pollock thing, why him? Well, because they wanted to swap yeah. the Kimbrel salary, but they'd only just traded for the Kimbrel thing. Like, I, yeah, I, that, that, they thought that was a clever move. It's like, oh yeah, we're getting value back, but it's like, well, you, you didn't you? want Kimbrel because you didn't want to pay for this aging reliever. We'll get an aging outfielder instead. That's a good Although idea. Although at the time, to be honest, I didn't. I mean, when you looked at his numbers. He could bounce back this year, I suppose. He he hasn't dropped off at all. In fact, 2021 was actually his career year. And his next best year was 2020. So when you look at it that way, it's like, hmm, you know, maybe maybe there is something there. What, Pollock but, are you talking about? Yeah, Pollock. Oh, well, I mean, when, I guess the other thing with that is, do you believe you can do what he was doing on the... Dodgers, because yeah. I mean, there's no evidence of like we were just saying, really, of the uh, of the White Sox being like that. Um, yeah. How many? I, I, I'm just going to quickly check this. Um, carry on if you got if you were going to say something else. I just wanted to I check. Just, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't. I mean, I assume they don't do a lot of like platooning. I mean, they don't have the options really. Um on the bench and stuff. And, and when he was at the Dodgers, he probably would have... That's what I was just looking at. He didn't platoon as much. So he didn't massively platoon last year. Um, and in fact, he hit, he had a 9.02 against righties anyway. Um, but they sort of... I think part of it is you look at a roster sometimes, it's just like, what is kind of the idea here? And you can go down the... Like we said previously, is everyone's underachieving. Maybe, maybe the White Sox are going to get hot because a few of these guys start putting it together. Yeah, like this is worse than you would expect from most of them. I I think the other thing that they've ended up with as well, it's uh, although it's through prospects they have, which is maybe not such their fault. Similar to the Philly situation. So you've got a Bray who they who's obviously been like their guy. Um, and they gave like quite a big contract to, or they expires the end of this year. So maybe that solves that a bit, like longer term. But for this year, anyway, they've got him, who's first place slash DH. 
Um, I think Grandel's on a lot of money, isn't he? Although he's not hitting at all. But the idea when they got him was, you know, he's, DH for his off days. Sort of yeah, thing, he's going to catch in DH because because as he's aging as well, he's not not going to be catching as much. Um, and then you've got Eloy. Obviously, he was a massive hitting prospect. He's not quite. He's injured. Not played a lot this year. Only played eleven games this year so far. Um, so I guess you could say that maybe they're missing his bat. He would have been one of the X factors. But again, he's another guy that really is. I mean, he he will be play, he would only play in the outfield, but really he's not a good outfielder. Is he? He's like a outfield DH type. And then Andrew Vaughan, who I think is like, I mean, so of that ilk. Yeah, but like even more so. Like he is not an outfielder. He's a He's like, I don't think he's a particularly good defensive first baseman. Um, but they've had to put him in the outfield because of the other guys they've got. Um, because, well, isn't Gavin Sheets? Yeah, Gavin Sheets is the other guy. Who, Who's another, basically a first baseman. Yeah, first baseman DH. So because they've had him, they, they've had to put Vaughan in the outfield at times. Um, and Gavin Sheets is based on one of those guys that was really good last year um, and now he's playing um, but yeah like they've they've not got guys that could field the ball a lot of them anyway I mean I, I, mean, I don't know a lot about Jake Berger to be honest but I've got a feeling he might have been one of those guys I could be wrong though I'm just checking his uh, his defensive stuff on uh on baseball swamp. Out to above average, what percentile do you reckon? Uh, is this for all positions? This is for third base, I think. Um, 30th. He's 11th. He's also got a really ugly percentile thing. So he's like really, so he's like really quite bad defensive third baseman as well. Uh, yeah, he's also 11th percentile in K rate and 29th percentile in walk rate, which, you know, that's not amazing. That's a bit biasy, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I, I find them, they're kind of frustrating because they were so primed to. Bias without the glove, even. Yeah, or, yeah, maybe Fields literally without a glove, that would explain some of it. Um, they were so primed to be in this, like, proper explosion out of their rebuild. Their, their farm system was so stacked, wasn't it? And they've been a bit unlucky. Eloy's been injured a couple of times. Kopech, like we said, has been delayed. Some of their pitches have taken some time. But they just... They might turn this around. They're yeah. also in such an easy division. Like, they were they were set up as well as anyone to have, like, a Dodgers period of win the division for five, six years. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, they've... As you said, they've been in this position to kind of break out for a long time. Like, you would have thought this... I would have thought, like, the last couple of years are saying, oh, maybe this would be it. You want this year, at least, surely now, you do it. But it's been drawn out so long. Like, Carlos Rodon was one of those guys that was one of these, like, young, exciting pitchers that's coming through. He's a grizzled veteran on another team now. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's become a free agent left already. And they, they've not been good yet. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's like... They have all the stuff. It's very similar to the Phillies, actually, in a way, because the Phillies were like that quite a few years ago now, weren't they? Where they basically, in parallel with the Braves, 
coming out of the rebuilds, they had like a decent farm system. They had like these young players. A lot of them ended up not being that great. Like Reese Hoskins was just kind of like he's first base with power, but he's not like elite or anything. Um, but then just the stuff you do around them is like just not good. Yeah, no. So in their case, like the Kimball trade was obviously a big example of that. I mean, Lurie Garcia is playing second base a lot, um, and that could have been Nick Madrigal, um, who I know he's far from a perfect player. Maybe he doesn't work out being something. But if you turning Nick Madrigal within like six months into AJ Pollock, and Madrigal has like struggled this year particularly, but there's control and upside yeah. there. Yeah, AJ Pollock. If he's even if he's not done, it's like the over the next few years. It's like what, what like that? Then that's gone, isn't it? That value is all gone. Yeah, well, he's a free agent at the end of this year. So, yeah, like, and I, I think that's it. Is it's loads of, lots is made of the splashy moves when teams come out of a rebuild, like Harper, Real Muto. He's getting the stuff round the edges right. It's it's yeah. getting like like the bullpen. Don't just like throw random money at it. The Braves yeah. won the World Series last year, not from giving away their whole farm system for rental, but they realized they needed stuff in the outfield and they made multiple small moves. Yeah. Okay, the guys they could match up. And they, yeah. They got like multiple guys and just did clever stuff with them. Yeah. And they could have thrown Kyle Wright in a deal once he looked like he'd flopped in the majors, but they held on to him and now he looks like he could. He might be an all-star this year. Like, yeah. and he's that—that that doesn't happen all the time. But there's just there's a, there's obviously a bit of luck with this stuff. And then there's like certain teams seem to just get in like a path of like they they have an option. They tend to pick the wrong one. And often it this isn't all in hindsight. I don't think it's like look at some of these things at the point and go, I don't know about that. Like what? Yeah. Why? What are you doing? Like the Lurie Garcia thing was just like kind of. I guess it's one of those where, yeah, he's one of their guys, clubhouse guy, can play lots of positions, but it's also just you don't you don't need to do that. You can get that player, you or you can find them like for nothing basically. Um, and then the bullpen thing as well, like trying to make basically trying to make a dominant bullpen by trading for Kimbrel, and then they end up undoing that when they they had Hendricks. So well, that's not how bullpens are really good bullpens are made a lot of the time, is it? The no, best you don't have two guys. Just... I mean, the the most dominant guy in the Yankees bullpen is was just like hanging around with the Pirates last year. Loads yeah. of great relievers just appear from like double A that just happen to be throwing 100 miles an hour. You tweak I mean, it a bit. Yeah, don't throw that change yeah. up anymore. Everyone smashes that change up. Stop it. Yeah, so, I think yeah. we need to um, yeah wrap up now, finally. Um yeah, we've covered that, everything. On that note of, um, you know, dominant relievers coming out of nowhere. It was sort of out of nowhere. Did you, I just um, want to mention, uh, Camilo Duval, did you see he hit 103 last night? Yeah, the Giants were top um, on last night's games for Logan Webb had the most swing and misses and Camilo Duval had like four of the five fastest pitches, didn't he? Yeah, so just leave you with that to think about. Three games out. Yeah. Let's go Giants and all that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.